sorry if I'm fidgeting with my robe today. My zipper broke and uh, <laughs> couldn't find a safety pin. One of those uh, things you just deal with in life. At least it's not my pants zipper, right? <laughs> right. Then I would probably cancel the sermon and send you home. But um, no, nope, you're not going to get that. Get out that easily today. We're uh, wrapping up my sermon series I've been doing for, uh, I think, the 10th week it is today on the life of Moses, and we've been calling it Holy Moses because what an incredible and holy man that he was. Uh, he was human, and we see that side of him in today's scripture, and I thank God for it because it reminds me that we can be holy, uh, forgiven for our mistakes, and still be used of God. And Moses was like that and exhibited incredible faith. Uh, I will note and say that uh, I could preach another 10 weeks on the books of, book of Exodus and on the life of Moses because there is a lot yet that he has to deal with after today's scripture in dealing with the Israelites. Um, but let's hear some selected verses from 32, 33, and 34 of Exodus. Uh, for my sermon today. When the people saw that Moses was long in coming down from the mountain with his meeting with God, they gathered round Aaron and said, Come and make us gods who will go before us. As for this fellow Moses who brought us out of Egypt, we don't know what's happened to him. Aaron answered them, Take off your gold earrings that your wives and your sons and daughters are wearing, and bring them to me. So all the people took off their earrings and brought them to Aaron. And he took what they handed him and made it into an idol, cast in the shape of a calf, fashioning it with the tool. They said, then they said to him, these, then he said, uh, these are your gods, Israel, who brought you up out of Egypt. When Aaron saw this, he built an altar in front of the calf and announced, Tomorrow there will be a festival to the Lord. So the next day, the people rose early and sacrificed burnt offerings and presented fellowship offerings. And afterward, they sat down to eat and drink and got to indulge in revelry. Then the Lord said to Moses, Go down, because those people whom you brought up out of Egypt have become corrupt they have been quick to turn away from what I commanded them and have made themselves an idol cast in the shape of a calf. They have bowed down to it and sacrificed to it and have said, These are your gods, Israel, who have brought you up out of Egypt. I have seen these people, the Lord said to Moses, and they're stiff-necked people. Now leave me alone so that in my anger, as I, it may burn against them, I may destroy them. And then I make you, Moses, into a great nation. Moses turned and went down the mountain with the two tablets, the covenant of the law, uh, in his hands. They were both inscribed on both sides, front and back. They were the work of God. The writing was the writing of God engraved on those tablets. And when Joshua heard the noise of the people shouting, he said to Moses, There is a sound of war in the camp. Moses replied, it is not the sound of victory, nor is it the sound of defeat. It is the sound of singing that I hear. When Moses approached the camp and saw that 
The, the calf was there and the dancing. His anger burned and he threw down the tablets out of his hands and broke them to pieces at the foot of the mountains. And he took the calf the people had made and turned it and burned it in the fire. And then he ground it to powder, scattering it on the water and making the Israelites drink of it. He said to Aaron, <clears throat> what did these people do to you that you led them in such great sin? Do not be angry, my lord, Aaron answered. You know how prone these people are to evil. They said to me, make us gods and, and uh, they'll go before us. As for this fellow Moses who brought us up out of Egypt, what has happened to him? We don't know. And so I told them, whoever has any jewelry, take it off. And they gave me the gold, and I threw it into the fire, and out came this calf. That's really what it says. Moses saw the people were running wild, and that Aaron had let them out of control, and so became a laughingstock to their enemies. And so he stood at the entrance of the camp and said, Whoever is for the Lord, come to me. And all of the Levites faithfully rallied to him. The next day Moses said to the people, You have committed great sin, but now I will go up to the Lord. Perhaps I can make atonement for your sin. So Moses went back up to the Lord and said, Oh, what a great sin these people have committed. They have made themselves gods of gold. But now please forgive their sin. But if not, then blot me out of the book that you have written. Chapter 33 says, Then the Lord said to Moses, Leave this place and the people you brought up out of Egypt and go to the land I promised on an oath to your, to your ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And say to them, I'll give you, I will give it to your descendants. I will send an angel before you and drive out the Canaanites and Amorites, the Hittites, Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. Go up to the land flowing with milk and honey, but I will not go with you because you are a stiff-necked people, and I might destroy you along the way. For the Lord had said to Moses, Tell the Israelites, You are stiff-necked people, and if I go with you even for a moment, I might destroy you. So take off your ornaments and I will decide what to do to you. And so the Israelites stripped off their ornaments at Mount Horeb. And then chapter 34. The Lord came down in a cloud and stood there with Moses and proclaimed his name, the Lord. And he passed in front of Moses and he proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord is compassionate and a gracious God, slow to anger and abounding in love and faithfulness. Maintaining love to thousands and forgiving wickedness, rebellion, and sin. And yet, he does not leave the guilty unpunished. He punishes the children and the children uh, of those children for the sin of the parents to the third and fourth generation. Moses bowed down to the ground at once and worshiped. Lord, he said, if I have found favor in your eyes, then let the Lord go with us to the promised land. Although this is a stiff-necked people, forgive our wickedness and our sin and take us as your inheritance. And then the Lord said, I'm making a covenant with you anew. Before all your people, I will do wonders you have never seen before in any nation in all the world. 
the people you live among will see how awesome are the works that I, the Lord, will do for you. Obey what I command for you today. Do not worship any other gods, for the Lord your God, whose name is Jealous, is a jealous God. And that is the word of God for the people of God today. Thanks be to God. Well, let's pray very quickly, and I'll get on with my sermon. Lord, may the words of my mouth and meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable and pleasing in your sight, O Lord, for you are strength and our redeemer. This we ask in Jesus' name, amen. So I'll dispense with the lawyer jokes that I was going to open the sermon with today, but I will comment and say that Moses was very much a lawyer of sorts for the people of Israel. You remember, don't you, that he is the one who was the judge, that people brought their problems to, their disputes, their arguments, their disagreements, and he would sort those out. And his wise father-in-law came along and said, you need to get some other people to help you do this, so not as to overburden yourself. And it was a court system that he set up among the people of Israel. Today we're reminded he delivered the law, the Ten Commandments, from the mountain to the Israelites. And today we see even that he was a mediator, if you will, between God and the people. I once had a lawyer in one of my churches. Yes, I told lawyer jokes in that church also, and he laughed about them. But I asked Matt when I first met him, what kind of law do you practice? And he said, I'm a mediator all day long. I listen to people's arguments and disagreements, and I sort out their differences and try to get them to come to peace again. That's what Moses did for the Israelites. As he came down off of Mount Sinai and the people had gone into great rebellion against this God whose hand they had seen in a mighty way throughout their time in Egypt and their deliverance out of Egypt and their provisions in the wilderness of food to eat and water to drink. Despite seeing God's hand, they were rebellious and sought out other gods in their life. And in this story today, we see that Moses goes to bat for them as a mediator for them. And we see the bigger story as well, that, that God, though angry, is a God of forgiveness and compassion and a God of grace. Three things about the story that will cover very quickly, and the first of those are the people's disobedience to God. Wow, what revelry they jumped into when Moses was gone. I was away a few weeks ago. Danielle led the service on Sunday morning, and I think she said something about the comment that, that now that Mark's away, I can lead things. I wondered when I heard that in reviewing the service that day by audio, what kind of stuff happened while I was gone? It was all good. It was all good. But it reminded me of how Moses went up on the mountain to meet with God to find wisdom and guidance and direction for God's people. And while away, Aaron, the second in command, 
led the people in revelry. He wasn't just disobedient to God's commandments himself. He actually led the people in doing it as well. Well, the word revelry has been debated by scholars over time, but it very much was revelry in the in the fertility God sense of things in Old Testament times. Think of the, the golden calf, the bull that they made that, that came strictly out of Egypt with them. That was, that was the main deity of the many deities worshipped by Pharaoh and the Egyptians. The Israelites went back to Egypt when they were disgruntled that God was not doing things as quickly and as fast as they would like. Where's this promised land that God talked about? Well, 40 years is a long time to wait, isn't it? And in the process, the people got disgruntled, impatient, and they did crazy, crazy things in the name of God. Well, what do we make of Aaron, this leader, who was also, remember, called of God out into the wilderness to go and meet Moses on his way to Egypt, back to Egypt? To deliver this message to Pharaoh of let my people go, Aaron was called just as Moses was called of God to go and be the delivering hand of God to the people. He would interpret for Moses because Moses could not speak clearly in public. And yet when left is second in command, all alone in charge of the store while the manager is away, is away Aaron blows it. He absolutely gives in to the will of the people. I think it's important for us to hear in this message today that we need to be very careful about the crowd that is around us. I think Aaron was swayed by the people and their demands upon him. It's very easy for us to, to allow other people to sway us and lead us in the wrong direction. If we're faithful and following Christ and his teachings, we know the right way, the God way that he calls us to. But are we allowing people around us, our crowd, to influence us in such a way that would make us sacrifice the things that are most important and vital to us? Aaron fell into the crowd and fell victim to that, and he rationalized and cast the blame upon the people when Moses came down very angry and upset. The people were disobedient, and Aaron led them in it. But let's don't be so hard on them, shall we not? Because just as easily we fall into the crowd as well, and we go places we should not let ourselves go, and we do things that we know that are not right, and we all stand in the need of grace, just as they all did there at the bottom of the mountain. Well, the second thing that, that we can see from this beautiful story, a powerful story of, of the Israelites and Moses' place in it, is that Moses intervened when they needed it the most. Moses was a mediator, as I said. And he went to bat for the people, even though he was angry himself at the people. Did you catch that? We talked about last week Moses being a praying man, about how he was all the time in conversation with God. I think there was something about that that made him feel as if 
he could go and ask forgiveness for the people. I know I find it hardest to pray for people that, that I'm struggling with and, and upset with or uh, challenged by, shall I say. Isn't it a graceful thing to go to God in prayer and pray for our enemies, as Jesus would later teach? When we do that, incredible things happen. Walls break down. God is able to use us in healing and hopeful ways for folks instead of vengeful ways as Moses first reacted. What a beautiful thing that Moses was willing sacrificially to go to bat for the people to God and say, forgive them of their sins. And because of his relationship with God, God forgave them. I love how the scripture said plain and simple the characteristics of God there when, when he came back and showed his mercy. That's the last thing for today. In this story, God's mercy is revealed. God's grace is showered and poured upon the people. Not without consequence, of course, for their actions, but the gift of forgiveness is there. The second chance, the opportunity to not be abandoned and cast aside by God, to not be unloved by God, but simply the gift of grace is offered to them because Moses stood in the gap and was the mediator and was able to rectify their sin with God's holiness. A lot of times I think people are misinformed or maybe just confused that the Old Testament God is different from the New Testament God. I've heard that a lot through the years, that somehow the angry God of the Old Testament is not the loving God that Jesus portrays. But you heard it right here in black and white. In the heat of the moment, didn't you? When God is angry and Moses is angry. And when they realize that they've done something tragically wrong. And they, they turn back towards God and someone intervenes for them. What happens? Wow. Grace is shown and displayed. And, and they continue on the journey of walking the path God has laid out for them to richness and grace and beauty on the other side of the Jordan River. We're reminded in the writings of Paul that Jesus is very much the Moses for us Christians who stands in the gap between our sins and our failures and our unworthiness and God's holiness. How is it that we, despite our humanness, can still claim and accept and be molded into the love of God? It's through Christ Jesus our Lord, who sacrificed of himself and went before God for our sakes and gave to us, through the cross and empty tomb, promises of a better future, a better day ahead. Well, that's the beauty of this whole story of Exodus and Israel. It is the gift of grace that God offers to us despite our unfaithfulness, despite our revelry, despite us making gods out of the things that are all around us, even our own lives, and not being patient and faithful to him. 